being recorded. So <laughs> let's uh, just let everyone know another Humble and Fred uh, crisis was averted. Just moments ago, the uh, program was in jeopardy. Well, these cables have traveled a fair mile yeah. or two, and it's uh, the cabling is uh, starting to give out on us. So you probably need to look at new cabling. I'm trying to think if that has happened to me. I, well, it happened to me with the smaller cables. Those, what did you guys call them? The a, not the AC, but there's the RCAs. A uh, bunch of the cable from my little board to the uh, various speakers. What's that? It's a mini cable. Yeah. Yeah, it's a mini phone. I mean, Dan's right. We've been traveling. You and I have been taking these things on the road now for over a year. Well, the problem with me when I was away, many days I would break down my setup and then set it up the next day. So I was winding cords, and uh, that's not good for them. Well, yeah, and that and the fact that we've used this equipment, some of this equipment we've used since... We began. I mean, I'm looking at these uh, mic cables that we have. Those those haven't been replaced since we started. Yes. So something got touchy along the way. Me me unplugging it, <laughs> plugging it back in, unplugging it while I was away. Did Probably you hear solder a little connection there? Did you hear Dan? Dan was making his own little dick joke there. He goes, "Oh, you guys are jiggling, jiggling your cords." Oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> classy. <laughs> Oh, boys, boys. Hey, I have a question before we start the show. Aren't we supposed to take uh, time off for Easter Friday or Good Monday? Isn't there something? Isn't there a stat we're missing? Well, Good Friday is usually the big one, I believe, isn't it? Yeah, most people are taking Friday. Oh, okay. So tomorrow is the actual stat. Yeah, and then the, uh, Sunday's a stat, too. So don't no, to work. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I'm confused. Is so, but usually when a stat or something, a holiday falls on the weekend, doesn't it then go to the next Monday? Here's the deal. Friday is usually the one recognized by most. Okay. Government offices and stuff like that tend to get both, like schools and stuff. But most businesses take Friday, not Monday. Okay. You know, I'm probably we probably had this conversation before, but I, I've just forgotten. I just I got to this morning thinking, wait a second, are we missing out on a day off opportunity <laughs> after after just coming back from nine weeks away? <laughs> yeah, so we're off Fridays anyway. Yeah. Although we're well, a new feature will be featured tomorrow on this feature rich station or uh, podcast. Yeah, we have a, a new feature we'll tell you about today. Also, uh, yeah, we've got a, a big show lined up for you. And uh, Dan Duran, Dan Duran, <laughs> Dan, Dan Duran will kick it off. This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from the well-equipped Humble and Fred Studios in Toronto with a feat from the kitchen and from our beautiful Brampton complex. And is brought to you by Bodog, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Aaron Ventures, evnet.ca, and GoDaddy. And now here are two men who can't wait for Jesus to die on the cross so that they can be saved from their sins and hunt for colored Easter eggs and eat chocolate Easter bunnies. It's Humble and Fred. You know, every year I... I want to do my Easter joke, and then I get, you know, nervous, you know, because I know you're just mocking me. Year after year, I'm just mocked. 
But I'm going to do it right now. I'm going to because you because you mentioned Easter Friday or Good Friday and Easter Monday. Dan mentioned the uh, resurrection and uh, crucifixion. You know. Well, see, I like to um, track the decline and delivery as you get older. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. What, what you should be tracking is the references. So when I originally told All this right. joke, when I originally told this joke 30 years ago, I think people were still using cassettes for sure. And the big thing for portable music was the Walkman, because the original joke was this. Right. You know, Friday, I said, I, my premise was, you know, people know what happened on Friday. Good Friday is the day that Jesus was crucified, even though... You know, it wasn't a good Friday for him. Sunday is the day he was resurrected. That's the day, you know, he came out of the cave and saw his shadow. And I used to wonder, why come no one ever talks about Saturday? My theory always was that Saturday is the day the apostles, thinking Jesus was gone, had a garage sale, you know, and, and sold a bunch of his stuff. And then Jesus comes back Sunday and he says, hey, guys, I'm back. And then he looks around and he's like... Where's my Walkman? <laughs> and, uh, you know, that was a joke. And then the apostles are all like, oh, sorry, Jesus. And it's like, hey, where's my shit? So over the years, it went from Walkman to Discman to iPod. And I was thinking, okay, what's the reference now? Like, it could have been, where's my... Uh who, phone. Who, no, yeah, where's my phone? And then it was like, he could come out of the thing and say, like, who's been messing with my Spotify account? Mm-hmm. And then I thought for this year, Jesus comes out and he says, hey, guys, what's this chat... You know, IPT or whatever. What is the reference in chat? Uh, GPT. GPT. Anyway, I just it didn't work, but I uh, I just wanted to get that out of the way today. Oh no, it was fresh. It was fresh again. <laughs> Made it fresh. Jesus. You know. the, my, my favorite part though is that someone really Saturday. No one ever talks about that in the Bible. What were the apostles doing on Saturday? Did they go, did they go to Red Lobster? <laughs> like they're all done. Because I think they think erroneously. That Jesus is not coming back. They would I think have they were no in a idea. bowling league. Mm. <laughs> That's right. You know, Saturday the apostles went mm. fishing. They came back. Mm. They had some. Uh, like, what did they do, Dan? You're the religious expert. I can't remember. It's oh, probably please. in there somewhere. It's a, was I guess the Garden of Gethsemane? No, that was before. Wasn't that? No, was yes. Denied. It wasn't. That was way before. That was way before. Um, we're in. Uh, when I'm in. Uh, well, when we were in uh, San Miguel de Allende, uh, you know, sort of in Centro, the sort of, you know, the, what do you call it? The main part of Centro is the church. What do they call it? The parochia. The parochia. Uh, parochia. Yeah, it's a famous, famous church. So I, we took a walking tour. Of course, we went in there and there was various other places where you see varying degrees of Jesus hanging on the cross. And that's a frightening sight for a kid, isn't it? I was thinking in in the big church there, the, the, the thing of Jesus hanging, like, that's a horrible sight for, yeah, for when kids first see that. Yeah, it must like freak them out. That's horror. And then you walk around town and, you, you know, it's very Catholic, very religious, and... Uh, you see variations of it, but the one there in the big time church there, the uh, it's like it's really sort of graphic. And I'm thinking, you take a kid in there for the first time, they look up at that and they go, "Jesus Christ! Well, oh, Jesus, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Christ! What is that? What's going on here?" Yeah, and that's a good point. You know that uh, you know we take for granted that these religious 
I was going to say the iconic religious um, renderings of Jesus. You know, some yeah. of them, you know, are massive. And then and some of these, like I, I remember being in Italy and some of the big churches there, the renderings mm-hmm. of Christ on the cross. But you think about, you know, somebody that two, three, four-year-old, and it's like, he's like, ah, who's that yeah. guy? Oh, no, that's that's your savior. There, there's so many things you wouldn't show a kid, but exactly. for some reason, that is, like, okay. Think about that, it. Dan. Like, you know, you have your, like, two, three, four-year-old child, and, and say it's not Jesus. You say, hey, today we're going to go to a building, and we're going to see <laughs> we're going to see a life-size, bigger-than-life-size rendering of a guy who's got nails in his hands and feet, yeah. uh, thorns on his head. You wouldn't do that to a three- or four-year-old, Daniel? Yeah, it's kind of normal stuff in the old church. Of course it is. Take the kids. Send them to Sunday school. <laughs> They'll understand. Teach them what's going Jeez. on. They'll understand. <laughs> the Lord will the Lord will communicate with them and let them know that this is okay. Johnny Slapshot, that's your Lord and Savior. Jesus. I'm, I'm surprised that DeSantis isn't on this too, because you know, like you're you, you people not feeling good about themselves, that whole thing. In Florida, you could just what's that? What, I'm not well, sure you know, what you're saying. Well, DeSantis is like you, you know. Okay, you know, but there's all these things in the schools where they don't want to. I don't know, right? Race theory taught or whatever it is. Critical it's race theory, yes. Being, no, yeah, more same kind of thing. You don't want the children to feel bad looking no. at Jesus on the cross, right? You know, they, why wouldn't DeSantis take care of that one too? More hypocrisy. You know, they stand and they defend the First Amendment. Then they have a whole list of things you shouldn't be able to do or see or read. Um, It's hilarious, actually. Well, because you brought up Ron DeSantis, and again, we're going to get back to silliness in a second, but have a listen to this. Free to put a loaded gun in your pants and take it wherever you want. Today, Ron DeSantis signed new legislation for Florida, and he did it in this session that was closed to the public. Only the NRA was invited and other pro-gun lobbyists. Nobody else knew about it. But the bill that he signed there with the NRA behind closed doors um, will now make it legal in Florida for anybody to carry a concealed loaded weapon with no permit, no training, no background check, no license. There you go. That's uh, that's America, everybody. So think about that. If in a closed door session with only the NRA there and other pro gun lobbyists, he signed a bill to make it legal, no permit, no license to carry a loaded gun concealed. I don't want to go there. <laughs> Seriously. Now you don't. <laughs> I, well, I didn't before, but think about that. Like, you don't know now. Like, you see all these things online. These Americans going into a Burger King with a, an AR-40, you know, an AR-15 and a gun strapped to their their leg. But now you're going to be walking around Florida. You don't know. Somebody yeah. could be carrying a concealed gun. But think about the hypocrisy. Well, not the hypocrisy. How did he get away with that? Having a closed-door session with just the NRA? I don't know, Howard. Just add it to the list of head-scratching things. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't want to go to Florida because of the American dollar. I, that still might be at the top of my list. But now, not knowing who's carrying a gun is a close second. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> but let me ask you this. So, like, if the, if the U.S. dollar, and, and a big reason we went to Mexico and, and the Dominican, and, you know, it's because uh, your retirement dollars go further. 
For sure they yes. do. In terms of, oh, you know, just the peso geez. versus a dollar. But oh, yeah. I would ask you to, gents, let's say the American dollar was on par. Would the convenience of Florida lure you still? I'm going to be honest, probably. Yeah, me too. I know I'm going to be saying I sound like a hypocrite, mm-hmm. but get on a plane and two and a half hours later, I could be in Orlando golfing. I probably would do it. And the way I like the golf, I mean, this golf course is, you know, a buck a hole and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, the, um, uh, a par dollar would. Hey, don't get me wrong. I much prefer the culture and the differences of uh, like going to the Dominican as I did in, in Mexico. No doubt about that. But as far as convenience, I mean, I could jump in the car today and be there tomorrow. Yeah. For a couple of hundred bucks, yeah. You know, and that's what I was saying. It's alluring. Absolutely. I mean, I sound like a hypocrite, but I would do it. I mean, it's, I mean as much yeah. as I can't see ever retiring there, but for a pop-in visit for a few days, for a long weekend, whatever, I definitely would go. But what's keeping mm-hmm. me from doing it, even Myrtle Beach, is, you know, you get hammered. Even for a three or four day golf trip, it's pretty expensive when you add 40% or 38%. Oh. It's crazy, and uh, as I noticed last year when I was there, their their grocery prices, forget Mexico, they're more expensive than Canada. They just are. I did a lot of comparison shopping last year, and then again, to add the 30%, it's it's wacky. And, 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 and restaurants, like, Jesus. I frequented Hooters when I was there last year, and when I got my visa bill when I got home, I thought, holy cow, that's way more than I would pay in Canadian here at home at a Hooters, if, if they exist anymore. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know. Do we still, Dan, Dan, you know these things. Do we still have a Hooters <laughs> in downtown Toronto? I don't think there's one down. I don't know. The I, last I one I remember so. was around uh, Queen and John, that area. There was one. Might have been yeah. Richmond. Hey, uh, there's a skyscraper there now, I think. Listen, when the Hooters in Brampton at Queen and Kennedy went out of business. I knew they had no future in Canada. Seriously. Sure. If a Hooters in Brampton closes, there's problems for your if company. If you can't make it there, you can't make it <laughs> somebody's doing Somebody's doing something wrong. But I went to that Hooters only because it was uh, Panama City Beach. It was mm. one of the few bars that had a like a deck right out over the ocean. <laughs> I did not notice the women's boobies. No, you're not supposed to anymore. Hey, hey, speaking of America, this might be a good chance to bring this up. If you, um, this trans person, Dylan Mulvaney, have you ever heard of her? I hadn't until this incident arose yesterday over the past couple of days. A trans activist uh, who on TikTok sort of um, she d- sort of documented her change from a man to a woman. Mm-hmm. And this person is this person is pretty funny, and got a lot of following. Dylan Mulvaney. I'm just looking at anyway. Right Bud Light. Oh yes, decided, I know this controversy. Yes, yes. Bud Light decided to celebrate what she did on TikTok and the fact that she's probably the foremost trans TikTok or activist influencer. Yeah, she has 10.8 million followers on TikTok. So Bud Light, as a gesture, a gesture, sent her several cases of Bud Light with her picture on the can. Not for wide distribution. Not for wide distribution. Just for her, as a gesture. 
Bud Light showing, okay, we're inclusive and we're going to do this. Well, the reaction has been unbelievable. And you know who's at the top of the list? Kid Rock. God, goddamn Kid Rock. Actually, he actually posts a video of him taking Bud Light out into his backyard, mm-hmm. this fucking Yahoo fucking asshole, and shooting it with a machine gun, all the Bud Light cans. Then he turns around and he says, fuck Bud Light, fuck Anheuser-Busch. Yeah, here it is. You know, so I'm glad you brought, say? Yeah, I'm glad you brought this up because I saw it several times over the last couple of days. And I didn't really know who Dylan Mulvaney was. Although, like I said, I just quickly looked it up on TikTok and that person has uh, nearly 11 million TikTok followers. Uh, Kid Rock, by comparison, has 970,000 followers on um, uh, Twitter. And I saw this several times, but I saw it as a repost from people saying, what a piece of shit this guy is. Here he is. Oh, by the way, at the beginning of this quick video, he he starts with his hat on backwards, facing away from the camera. And guess what's on the back of the hat? Make America great again. Mega baby. Mm -hmm. So here he is. And by the way, this is, of course, Grandpa is feeling a little frisky today. No, it's grandpa. Let me uh, say something to all you and be as clear and concise as possible. He pulls out his AK or his, you know, high-powered. And that's him shooting, Dan, that's him shooting up a bunch of Bud Light. Wow. Fuck Bud Light. (laughs) Fuck Anheuser-Busch. Fuck Bud Light. Have a terrific day. Fuck Anheuser-Busch. Because, because why, Fred? Well, because Bud Light showed some support for a transgender uh, influencer. So when people say to me, well, the left is just as bad as the right, I go, no, they're not. Don't talk about AOC and the squad like they're as bad as this shit. You know, Democrats have their problems. Yes, they do. And as far as government people go, they're just as bad in some ways, but they're not bad in this way. And then there's all sorts of conservative commentators yesterday. We're all over this yesterday saying some vile and horrible things, but... Again, the key here is, it, <clears throat> and so what if it was, but Bud Light would not do that from a marketing standpoint, have mass distribution of these cans. They're not stupid, but they did this just for this person as a gesture. Why would Kid Rock care that much? Exactly. Seriously, what, On what level do you care that much? That you do that. Now, this is a guy that, you know, was featured on Tucker Carlson's show. This is a guy that's retweeted by the likes of Theo Fleury and, you know, Jamie Soleil and mm. all these, the, the usual cast of characters. But some of the stuff that was said yesterday, like, what is Bud Light saying? One commentator, you know, I think in Cincinnati, what's Bud Light doing? Dressing up a guy, uh, dressing up a man as a woman and then promoting it. And uh, just, uh, just ridiculous stuff but again it gets back to me why do you care enough like yeah. how is this affecting your life today yeah like, and that's the part that i uh i, I want to talk a little bit about like again the left versus the right if you don't if you how yeah where, where do you get the time in a day to care so much mm-hmm. to you know you, you might in your private life go well, yeah that was kind of weird 
But what's the, well, I guess, listen, we're answering our own question. The point of it is, he wants the attention. He's, you know, they say the expression, ginning up his base. He's saying, he's sending a message to his followers that he doesn't agree with what Budweiser has done. And, you know, and it's become, listen, we're talking about it, but I've seen this for a couple of days now. Mm-hmm. But why, uh, why, why care? What, what does he care so much about what another human being does? That is in no way affecting him or any of his people. Well, when I saw him on Tucker Carlson, when I saw the highlights of that, I thought, you know, this here's a king size asshole. Um, although his song all summer long or whatever it was, I, I like that song. Yeah. I don't anymore. It's coming off my Spotify. Anyway, how about this conservative commentator John Cardillo asked his audience who the hell at Bud Light thought it was a good idea to make a grown man who dresses up like little girls their no their new spokesperson. Brands have to stop listening to their woke creative teams and get in touch with their consumer demographics. Hey asshole, I'm sure they have. Believe me, the people at Bud Light thought about this mm-hmm. and to what degree they would venture into this. And again, a harmless gesture for that person specifically. And these guys lose their mind. Well, again, the there, there's no hope for that the country. Well, you know, I, I wrote down a headline. The, the headline every day now in the uh, the U.S. should be Trump wrecked America or Trump wrecks America, because all of this has been given a voice, mm-hmm. to, um, given freedom to have a voice. Because, you know, we it just we wouldn't we weren't having these discussions 10 or 15 years ago. Like, you know, some of these opinions were there, but they weren't as like I, I know Tucker Carlson's been around a lot longer than the Donald Trump years. But, Dan, you got to admit that all of this stuff has been given amplification since 2015 in a way that it never had before. Like I've been listening to Rush Limbaugh off and on since the 90s, but he wasn't none. All of that stuff wasn't as mainstreamed as it is now. Mm-hmm. And last time I checked, I think beer is cross, it crosses all political boundaries. Beer what does like beer by, does? Yes. Yeah, beer is liked by conservatives and liberals. So uh, I think promoting it amongst all the uh, the areas of life seems fine to me. Yeah, but you know what they're doing? They, they Bud White, Bud, Bud Light, oh, Bud White, there you go. Bud Light wasn't doing this as a PR campaign. They didn't make Dylan Mulvaney their spokesperson, but these commentators are making it seem like they are, again, just so they can get the attention, and um, all of us are talking about it. Right, and all Bud Light was trying to do is get uh, send it to influencers, like it's done all the time, all through the influencer world, where they send products or whatever so that they can get talked about on yeah. that particular channel. Yeah. So that and, was that channel. And, then and what's wrong with Bud Light um, strategizing that, hey, if we do this, maybe within that community, we'll be the favorite beer. That's what businesses do. But again, what does that have to do with an asshole like uh, Kid Rock? Uh, Former music video director uh, Robbie Starbuck tweeted, Message to conservative families from Bud Light seems to be, We will encourage and even celebrate the erasure of men and women along with all the values you care about. They've gone totally woke. Will you ever spend your money with them now? 
Yeah, this whole th- this whole demonization of the woke culture. I, ha- I had a great discussion with uh, older brother David, who's smarter than everybody, about what was his problem with woke culture, and hit- and he had a really interesting and articulate point of view, but it had nothing to do with promoting or not promoting the different alternative lifestyles. It had to do with you know universities. And there, and I can't even repeat it, but it was, it, it was, there is a, there is a wokeness where they've gone overboard, where this, oh, you know, it, with yeah. universities uh, and they're uh, screening people based on their opinions about the world. But in this case, what is the, what harm is done by somebody who, as they say, dress, um, uh, some man dresses up as a woman. Like they're so scared of this uh, drag story time. And as somebody said, uh, maybe it was John Stewart. No kids have been killed by drag queens reading them stories, but lots of kids have been killed, and recently, by guns. They're more worried about men dressing up as women than they are about guns. Well, that's true, but can you answer me that question? Why do drag people, persons, read stories in schools? Like, like why has that become a thing, or is it become, is it not nearly as big as they say? Because I'm going to be honest, sometimes I think, well, what's the connection there? Why is this a thing now? Why are I have no idea drag people's going into schools and in in reading stories that might make some parents uncomfortable? And I'm not going to argue with that. It's your kids, your situation. Do what you want with that. Um, but yeah, the woke thing in many areas has gone too far. But again, we're all you know normal functioning human beings. You take the issue at hand and. You analyze it and react accordingly. It says here, oh, this uh, shit is way over the top. <laughs> uh, drag queen story hour. Uh, our children's uh, events uh, started by an activist in San Francisco with the goals of promoting reading and diversity. It was years ago, right? Uh, 2015. It was years and years ago. Yeah. Uh, this was a, she, the, the, the person who created it. Imagine an event that was more inclusive. And affirming to LGBTQ families. So I guess originally it started uh, reading to the children of those families. Mm-hmm. But honestly, if a, if a young family thought, oh, I'm not comfortable with that for whatever reason, that's their business as well. You know, it's. Yeah, you don't uh, take them to the uh, library to, to watch. That's it. right. Yeah. Listen, that's we're, it. We're, end know, of story. We're living through a weird time in so many ways. Not the least of which, forget drag queens and the opposition to that, you know, that group of people reading stories. They're banning books all over America again because they're so afraid of something. You know, I saw those guys, the the good liars. I really like them. They're sort of the same thing as Jordan Klepper from Comedy Central where he goes to Trump rallies and asks questions. And these guys came up to a rally and they said, listen, they're talking to some guy, you know, middle-aged dude and his wife seem reasonably intelligent. And he says, oh, you're worried about critical race theory. Oh, yeah, as soon as I heard about that, uh, I said, you know, we shouldn't have that anymore. And then he said, what is critical race theory? And he goes, Oh, I don't really know. But what happened was the fucking Fox uh, footnote network told him he shouldn't like it. And so they don't like it, but they can't even express why they don't like it. Yeah. At least you had a reasonable argument just a second ago. You had a reasonable point of view, which is, you know, I don't know if I want my three-year-old being read to by a man dressed in drag. That's your right. And and the angle there is... 
I'm not really in the mood yet to explain to my four-year-old what a transgender person is or why this is different. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, there's enough time for that. So I might decide, eh, I'm going to pass on this one. That doesn't make me an evil person. It makes me a parent who has to do a lot of balancing and juggling and um, analyzing along the way. Uh, that's all. But, that's uh, but again, also, it, pardon me, it's become... Go ahead, Dan. I'm uh, sorry. sorry, the delay here. I was just going to say that, that that's... It. Uh, I mean, that's the, even even that's overthinking, right? Because Why? the uh, well, well, because you're if it's a kid. That's years old going to it's not going to ask you know well why why is the men dressed up as a woman and so well okay they're having fun whatever it's it, it, it you know at a certain stage a kid will learn about all the different listen and not and, and not to be and not to be disrespectful to drag queens but I mean some three and four year olds are frightened by clowns. Anybody dressed it. up in makeup. Right. And as we started yeah. the show by saying half an hour ago, you, you, this weekend you're going to be dragging two and three and four year olds to churches where there's a dead guy on a cross. Right. And I don't know if it's overthinking it. It is it is a thing that's paused for thought, not without thinking, oh, I'm just going to do this. It's like, oh, wait a minute. OK, this is something a bit different. It's a little it's a situation that might create some questions or situations that I'm not ready for. So I can understand a parent's passing on it. I'm not going to be critical of that, but it doesn't mean they go home and shoot pictures of transgender people. <laughs> well, and, and again, not to dwell on the Jesus on the cross thing, yeah. but that's a pretty frightening image. God damn right. It is, you know, and, and, you know, and Dan, the, the church that Fred's referring to in the middle of Centro in San Miguel is that I've showed you pictures. It's just mm-hmm. stunning building forget that it's a church it's just a magnificent magnificent edifice but the 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 christ on the cross there and in other places in europe that i've been to man oh yeah like that's frightening they go all out and get graphic with it's very graphic there's blood there's holes i mean it's and and, you know we think nothing Mm -hmm. of bringing children to that and saying that's one of that's our guy That dude up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, listen, we got to switch gears quickly because uh, we have you know stuff to do. We've got show. Dan Duran, stick around for one more second because something came up a couple days ago, and Fred said he he guessed it, and I want to see if you have noticed this particular thing as well. But first, the Fred man's got some great news for these people. Well, again, uh, just looking at the odds here for the um, the Masters, uh, it's still in place. Uh, uh, Howard, yes, um, who we predicted or who you predicted or you guessed would be the favorite for the Masters today. So, you know, it's uh, Rory McIlroy and Scotty Scheffler. All right. And uh, again, odds uh, from Bodog. Uh, you can play all aspects of the Masters on Bodog. You asked the question yesterday, would there be different wagering opportunities? And of course there is. Go to Bodog and there's a long list of them. Whether you're a sports better, a horse racing fan, a poker casino player, Bodog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment from their industry-leading odds, world-class sportsbook and feature-rich poker room to their fully loaded casino and race book. They've been pro- providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. That's Bodog. Uh, I, uh, your, our buddy uh, Darren sent me an invitation into a, a master's pool where you're supposed to pick six players, but you have to pick them from categories. You can't just pick six that you like. I picked, I think I picked Rory. I picked Scheffler. And in one category, I picked a Canadian, uh, Mackenzie Hughes. And in one of the categories, just as a sentimental 
gesture I picked Tiger, but I think that's gonna I don't think that's gonna do me any good. Well it's got a nice payoff. What if you were to vote him oh, in, in Bodog? yesterday, he, he was plus eight thousand. Yeah, yesterday. no, and, and I'll tell you, yeah. I, I, yeah. I'm going to go check this out for real this weekend because mm-hmm. I think there's a bet to be made for Tiger making the cut. Uh, in the meantime, if you're looking for a uh, an interesting investment, AaronVentures.com, an emerging international junior mining and exploration company. Uh, they're working with uh, the world of Boron. They've changed their name to Boron One. Aaron's uh, strategy is to uncover and capitalize on unique development opportunities within Canada and around the world. And as I mentioned many times, around the world, there are only a few places where they're bringing Boron out of the ground commercially. And Aaron Ventures is part of that. Talk to the Sherpa, talk to your Sherpa, and ask him about AaronVentures.com. So let's get off the uh, well, you know, Trump wrecks America and Kid Rock and all this uh, nonsense. But uh, a couple of days ago, toward the end of the show, I said um, I said that there's some things, something happened in the neighborhood that I noticed having been gone for nine weeks. And Fred, I, I, I don't know what you thought you were guessing, but you said, oh, I think I know what it is. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dan's been living here basically off and on since the fall. But so maybe you either saw this or I'm wondering if you noticed it. But something's changed in this neighborhood and it's not construction. Do you know what it is, Dan? No. <laughs> OK. Fred, what do you think it is? The fireworks and perfume shop. How did you know, man? Oh, come on, Howie. You've been around there since 2016. It's been a big reference point. And when you talk about something significant, it was either that or um, uh, Mr. Wiggles Jerk Off Shop. <laughs> Mr. Oh, Wiggles no. Jerk Emporium. Is it gone? It's not gone. No. So fireworks and, and, and perfume. It, so what's th- happened? What's happened is this. For years and years, even before I moved here, it was called the Perfume of Fireworks Store. And they had this bullshit thing where it said every day was 70% off sale. The sale went on yeah. forever. Yeah. So I'm walking over to the gas station the other day, and I look back, and they've changed their name. And they've changed it to the Perfume Depot. Oh, and, and I'm looking on the sign, it's, it, and now this is, and I thought, well, wait a second, because I've been fascinated by this place for years. <laughs> I'm like, wait a second, have they got rid of the fireworks altogether? Nay, my friends. Fireworks are still available, just not featured. So this huge sign that used to be there featuring both fireworks and uh, perfume, it's been replaced by this sort of classy looking sign. By the way, still up to 70% off daily. But the uh, but the, the, fire- still on. <laughs> the fucking sale is still on. But the fireworks is such a small font as part of this sign now. So here's why I wanted to bring it up. First of all, it's uh, it's tra- it's been transforming the neighborhood. It's part of the gentrification of the neighborhood. But I thought, you know, <laughs> was was well, there? It still has some ways to go. Oh, I know, because of the rub and tugs and the weed shops and the jerk off store. Well, even that one. <laughs> By the way, if you don't know what we're talking about, I live next door to a store that's called Uncle or Mister Wiggles. It's a porn shop, mm-hmm. Mister mm-hmm. Fucking Wiggles. Anyway. So I thought they you know, still rent uh, DVDs. Yes, they like, do. Figure that one out. Um, and they still have uh, a couple of signs on the front of the store that's t- that emphasize that there's rear parking. <laughs> yeah, we get mm-hmm. it. You've got mm-hmm. anal. Yes, we get it. You do anal. So, um, but I wonder this: like, were there two groups of people, the fireworks people and the perfume people? 
and they've been fighting each other for years. The perfume people want nothing to do with the fireworks people, and the fireworks people think, hey, this is a great business. So I, to me, my mind immediately went to, maybe there was a big meeting somewhere, and finally... The fireworks people got voted out, <laughs> and, uh, and now they've only got a tiny part of the store. Have you been in? Never. Oh, you should go in. I should go in, I know. Yeah. Have you been in, Dan? No. Oh, you know what I think? As a uh, business owner, Howard and I, business owners since uh, 2011, um, when I look at a business like that, I think, how many people have to go through there in a day and buy stuff? A fireworks and perfume store. Just think about that. How many people have to go through there in a day and then a month and a year to make that a viable business? Pay the rent, put the lights on, pay for the energy. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Pay for the staff. Like, how? I have no idea. How much perfume and fireworks are they sell? That's a pretty large building, too. It's a great location. Islington and the Queensway, if you've uh, ever driven by. It's got a lot of square footage. Parking in the back as well. (laughs) It's a front. And then Dan well, thinks it's, it. what? it's a what? Skeptic, skeptic Frank, uh, Frank, Frank, yeah, hey, I'm Frank, Frank now. Um, <laughs> Fred, skeptic Frank, humble and Frank. Skeptic Fred thinks, mm, yeah, what? What is that all about? It just mm. doesn't make sense to me that you know you just crunch the numbers. It it doesn't make sense to me. It's got to be a front for something. You would think. Yeah, um, you know, Dan and I should before. Uh, maybe that'll be a little, uh, what do they call it? Not a road trip, but a field trip. Is that what they call it, Frank? A field trip? <laughs> yes, it could be, Howard. That Dan would and I should go as a field trip. So, yes. Dan, you and I should do the following. We should definitely go over to the store and check it out now that they're trying to class things up. And I've never, I'm, and I swear this is true, I've never gone into that porn store. I mean, I walk by it all the time. But we should go in there as well. All right. We should, so then, it's a neighborhood then, field trip. A, a neighborhood, neighborhood field tour. trip. And then report back and uh, let everyone know what's going on in there. The, the porn st- store, though, is such a great monitor for the progress of the community. Because as long as it stays in business, there are people in that community that still have DVD players yeah. and want to watch porn. <laughs> That's right. By renting it. So who are these people? And when will they be gone? <laughs> so think about that. That's a cohort of people that don't have computers and That's, still have this is it. And still and still have something that can play a DVD. And just to remind everyone, so the order of the stores next to this building are weed store, pizza place, porn shop, rub and tug. But there's a new addition, by the way. You guys don't oh, yeah. know this. In between the porn shop, Mr. Wiggles. And the rub and tug is a foosball, um, a foosball, a foosball association. Really? Oh. Oh. They rented this space. I, this happened since I was gone. And I don't even know what that means. What is that? A bunch of people that get together and play foosball? I guess. Fuck. <laughs> Who knew? Again, even that, I'm a little bit of a skeptic thinking, oh, okay, why don't you guys get together and they create this thing and like, is foosball the really the reason they want to be there? Like, come on, that's a bit of a stretch, isn't it? I'd say. Let's rent a storefront, put foosball tables in there and have a foosball association. It's like, is that what they're telling their wives? I guess. I joined the foosball club. Well, that's the thing. Um, okay, we have a surprise guest, Dan Duran. We're going to let you go. Uh, All right, I did want to make a correction. 
for the show. What's Back that? Back to the, the Hooters experience, yes. by the way, yeah. is yeah. can still be had in Toronto. Oh, it can. Uh, there's a downtown Toronto one on Adelaide, and there's also uh, uh, one up at the airport. Dan, this is what I was saying. Oh. That I, I, I asked mm-hmm. you if that. I, I knew there was one in that downtown core, sort of Adelaide, Richmond, uh, John, and whatever. It's been there for a long time. Um, but we are uh, now normally on Thursdays, we don't have guests and we've been doing, uh, obviously, emails for the last little while. And we're going to do kind of a Humble and Fred's emails of the day. We're going to each do one today. But um, uh, Dan, we'll have you come back and do the news. All right. And of course, it's uh, Thursday. Boone will pop in. But uh, we were kind of thinking about today, like, OK, today's the beginning of the Masters, one of the uh, great sporting events. Uh, where did Robert go? He just signed in and went away. Uh, great sporting events. Um, they talk about it as one of the, uh, you know, it's like uh, almost like the Super Bowl in terms of its attention worldwide. Oh, yeah. He, 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 the most casual golf fan um, stands at attention this weekend. You, you're aware that it's on. You want to know who's leading or who's in contention and the whole augusta thing too i was thinking about this this morning when i woke up and i opened my eyes and i looked at the ceiling i thought you know augusta is a lot like fenway wrigley park you know what i mean yep as far as shrines of sports go um and part of the reason madison square garden that type of thing, famous buildings uh boston Mm -hmm. gardens um part of the reason is because they've been playing the tournament there on the same place like all the other tournaments go to robert can you hear me Robert, this is my buddy Robert Dameron. Uh, they've been playing the same tournament on the same place mm-hmm. for like 90 years. And uh, we thought just for a couple minutes we would talk to a former PGA Tour player and a buddy of mine from uh, Orlando, uh, Robert Dameron. But he seems to be having, uh, seems to be having trouble with his uh, Zoom link. He's usually pretty good with this stuff. Robert! I don't know. He's getting... He's, uh, yeah. Oh, so he's in Orlando now? Yeah. um, He was working for uh, years on the Golf Channel, Mm -hmm. which was centered in Orlando. And then I think, I can't remember when, but NBC bought a big chunk of it, and they moved the studios to uh, Connecticut. Okay. And then a bunch of people like Robert who were like, nah, I don't think I'm going to move there, uh, ended up. There he is. Turn your mic on there, punky. There you go. Oh, it wouldn't let me unmute. Well, now you're fine. <laughs> uh, this is my buddy, originally from Kentucky. Uh, spent his life growing up around uh, the Bay Hill Golf Course. Played, uh, I don't even know how many rounds of golf he would have played with Arnold Palmer. Arnold Palmer was like a granddaddy to this kid growing up. And uh, I mentioned a uh, PGA Tour winner and, uh, and a friend of mine, Robert Dameron. How you doing, man? I'm hanging in there. Like I said, I don't told you yesterday, I don't really get out of bed before 11, 12 o'clock for most people. <laughs> no, I know. But yeah, here I am. And and why would that be? What time do you go to bed, Robert? I I, uh, I, I kind of live a slovenly, uh, you know, sloth-like lifestyle. I think that uh, I probably go to bed around, frankly, I go to bed around 1030 and then wake up about you no. Know, 10. Wow. 12 hours sleep. That's oh, yeah. I mean, You know, there's the waking up in the middle and, and that kind of stuff. Having a pee. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just lay around. 
Um, Having a leak and are, all that. Yeah. Are you still living around Bay Hill? Have you relocated? Are you still living in that area? No, I'm in Bay Hill right now. Oh, boy. Yeah. Um, so and, and, and it's funny. I knew the answer to this question, but when Freddie and I were talking about, hey, let's get this. Let's get somebody on talking a little bit of Masters. And I said, I know a guy who would be great for us because he's kind of a well, you can already see what he kind of, he's kind of a goofball. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he, uh, you played professional golf for a long time, and I knew the answer. I was going back and forth with you on Twitter on messaging, on and you. I I, re- I remembered that you won. What year did you win? Two thousand and one. So you won on the PGA Tour uh, mm-hmm. against uh, when Tiger Woods was playing. Uh, you were or uh, you were a tour winner, which is very very unusual, very rare. But unfortunately. Unlike Nowzadaisies, you didn't get the invitation to the Masters. Now, why is yeah. that? Well, that year, actually that year, it was the first year they did it. They went to the straight, just kind of top 50 in the world golf rankings and not winners getting in. Of course, they reverted back, I think, two years later to letting winners in. You know, a conspiracy theory fully, I think. <laughs> That's right. Keep me personally. Sounds like humble and Fred luck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's exactly yeah. what it is. <laughs> yeah. So the the tournament you won, which one was it? Uh, the Byron Nelson in Dallas. Yeah. Did Tiger actually play in that tournament? So Tiger finished third. I what? I am I have the for a you know complete joke of a career. I do have one bright spot. I'm the only player to have won a tournament with the reigning Grand Slam champion in the field. Well, he, there you he go. Had all four majors that that week and that was the only tournament he lost while he held all four majors he yeah, that's third. right so unbelievably lucky he was he was playing pretty well at that time yes he well, was yeah you know now well, robert's been on my uh, golf podcast many times and i've asked you this but i want to sort of give some perspective to the the audience listening you know because we're all hockey centric up here and you know wonder what it would be like to compete against the greats of hockey but you know you were one of the best players um on tour at that time, one of the best players because you won a tournament. Yeah. But give us some perspective on how good he was. Oh, it's ridiculous. There is no, uh, there's no way to really put it into words. But I will tell you, I was playing golf with a buddy of mine who was on tour at the same time, not that long ago. And we were talking about, don't you remember on Friday or Saturday in the locker room when Tigers was, was on top of the leaderboard or right there that we all knew it was over? Like, we didn't think it was over. We knew it was over. We didn't think, you know, maybe if I play my best and he stumbles a little bit, we could still have a tussle on Sunday. No, it was done. He was going to win, and that's just all it. You know, we tried to talk ourselves, being, you know, big men. Oh, there's a real chance. We knew it. We just knew there wasn't a chance. So, um, and it's funny. So, you, you, you also mentioned you know, okay, you're on tour, you won. I played on tour for a lot of years, so was I one of the best in the world? Yeah, but I also look at, at you know, my my job description, professional golfer, was the same as Jack Nicklaus's professional golfer. And I always think about this with, with doctors. I'll get to, into that in a second. But I had, in my PGA Tour career, 19 top 10s on PGA Tour. Jack Nicklaus had 72 top 10s in major championships alone. (laughs) Yes, we're both professional golfers. We didn't play the same era, but he's so much superior to me, even though, yeah, I'm one of the best. So that's what I I was saying about doctors. Like, 
I see that as like, well, this guy graduated medical school. He must be really good. Well, yeah, but I'd rather go to the Jack Nicholas doctor. There's there's a variant, a gradient. In yeah, there. that makes sense. Uh, yeah, you got to want to go to that. And guy. Fred, it's the same in hockey. Yeah, you know, and Howard and I have talked about this. Well, it's the same as hockey, but you have in hockey, we've talked about this, you have guaranteed contracts. When you're one of the best in the world, there's a lot of stress attached to having to perform to make money. Now, would you have made more money in prize money or endorsement money or sponsorship money at that time? Uh, I made more in prize money, but it wasn't, I'd say two to one prize money to endorsement money, but it, it was, it was nice. I mean, for a guy, you know, around, you know, 80th in the, in the money list, give or take every year, it, it was a, it, it was a nice deal. But I, that, I, that, that is weird sort of when it comes to professional sports week to week, not knowing whether you're going to get a paycheck. That That's, it's a tough way to live. And nowadays uh, is my understanding is it's very, they've gone very top heavy. The, the uh, endorsement money, mm-hmm. they've gone very top heavy. And the guys that are in my position now aren't making near even percentage wise of what I, I made. So it's just the way that, you know, business right. sorts itself out. Well, you know, mm-hmm. what, what Fred brought up is one of my favorite things about the game, which is the meritocracy of it. I mean, yes. I, and I don't really, you know, I don't honestly, Robert, I don't have the because uh, you're going to be on Swing Thoughts. I found out yesterday in a couple of weeks and we can talk mm-hmm. a little bit of live golf there and get into that. But what I've always loved about the PGA Tour or golf in general is even if you're Tiger Woods or Robert Dameron, who just won the week before, like you win in Dallas, you play the next time, uh, whether it's the next week or not, on Friday afternoon, if you're not playing well, you don't get to play the weekend. Whether you're a, If you're a baseball player, a hockey player, you can go into a three-week slump and you're still getting paid what's in your contract. And that's one of the reasons that I love that sport because Friday afternoon is a great time to see you know, whether you're Tiger Woods or Robert Dameron, whether that guy's going to get to play for Saturday and Sunday because you have to be playing well to get paid. And a lot of those contracts are guaranteed, meaning yes. I sign, um, you, you know, if you're a baseball player, I had a buddy who's a baseball player. He told me this, actually. I signed this contract and let's say it's for whatever it is. And and I get hurt the next day. I get that money. I signed for that money. And it's not the only way I don't get it is if I don't try to play. But if you were making an effort and you're actually hurt, that's yours. It's your money. It's absolutely guaranteed. Well, there's a great example of that with the Toronto Blue Jays right now with um, uh, Berrios, so the pitcher. It's like, you know, a, a six-year, $130 million contract. And since he's come to Toronto, he can't throw a baseball. Like, it's unbelievable. But that guy, every two weeks or whatever it is, that big fat check is going to be in his okay. bank account. Is the atmosphere different up there or something? Why can't he throw? Is it way more up north? I don't understand. Listen, maybe. Who knows? You've been here. By the way, um, I want to talk about your broadcast career in a second, but did you did you play many Canadian Opens or did you ever play in the Canadian Open? Yeah, I played a lot of them. I probably played, I'm just going to guess and say 10, 11. Good for you. Um, do what? Are I two, what are, yeah, I was going to say, what do tour players, you know, Canadians are so self-conscious, but what, what do tour players in general, think of uh, coming up here to play, or specifically, it was always at Glen Abbey. Was that a, a, a thing that they looked forward to, or they didn't really like it, or what? Mostly. I think they like the rotation now. Some of the better, older golf courses than playing Glen Abbey every year. Glen Abbey is, I thought it was okay, but it's quirky. It's yeah. different. Some people didn't like it. Uh, honestly, most people I know enjoyed going up to Canada. We enjoyed, you know, middle of the summer, not sweating our butt off. But, um, 
it, it got to be, or it, or it still is. And you guys know you phone back and forth. It's such a pain in the butt going through customs and all mm-hmm. that stuff. And I think a lot of guys are like, I just don't want to go through that. There's the occasion that you have to sit and wait on the airplane for an hour and a half to let everybody go through, you know, let somebody come and check on the plane that happens sometimes too. So I, <laughs> that kind of got out of control. And I think that's what stopped a lot of the, the name players from going. Yeah. Cause it's, <laughs> Talk about being self-conscious. You know, Tiger wins, what, the 2001 Canadian Open, was it, Howard? Something like that. Or the 2000? 2000, yeah. And never comes back. And every year that question, is Tiger going to come back? And it's almost like, what's wrong with us? (laughs) No, exactly. (laughs) It's, well, yeah, you got to look at more like what's wrong with Tiger or what's right with Tiger. He's so good. Yeah, right. doesn't have to. So speaking of that, yeah, so Mm -hmm. let's get, so let's switch gears for, so Robert retired and, um, and I was lucky enough. I got to play with Robert a bit in uh, Orlando. We have a mutual friend, uh, Kevin Baker's his name for you Canadian golf fans. And I got mm-hmm. to see, uh, I got to play with your dad. I played with your brother. I had to play in the shootout with uh, Mr. Palmer a few times. And I mean, in the in that group of guys, not with him. And then you retire. And then all of a sudden, to, not to no surprise, by the way, from having hung around with you, that you became a pretty good, a pretty good broadcaster. That opportunity came. Uh, I think first with PGA Tour Radio and then with the Golf Channel. Just give us some of the timeline. It started, well, when I retired So from golf, I'm right at 40 years old, and and I didn't do really anything for a couple years. And what I realized is retiring that early uh, is a good avenue if you want to be a fat drunk. So <laughs> okay. I was well on my way to that. I said, I've got to do something. i got to do something with my life. i got to, you know, so – uh, it actually is when Fox bought into the USGA is when I, I first started in any broadcasting at all. Um, the, the, the one that Jordan Spieth won, the U.S. Open Jordan Spieth won, was my very first tournament I did ever. Um, and uh, I moved on to uh, from there, you know, because that, that was only a handful of tournaments a year. But I enjoyed it. I felt like I was it was pretty I have a, you know, a solid enough level of bs that i could make my way through broadcasting no problem and and a lifetime of experience too so you you know you've got that uh so golf channel here in orlando i just uh, we went and started asking them if you need anyone to fill in you know i'm right here literally i can be there in 20 minutes if you if somebody you know breaks an ankle or something so uh i started there i did morning drive on golf channel for five years uh which was great and it was so easy outside of the 4 a.m wake-up call but it was Mm -hmm. it was such an easy and great job and such great people i was with and you were great at it by the way for for a guy with no on-camera experience because that's different than doing the golf reporter you know walking around with the groups like that was actual television looking into prompters having conversations you know making uh points in a sort of a timely fashion on tv every day yeah plus you can't teach being pretty and i just i'm just a pretty (laughs) fellow that's right Yeah. yeah i mean you know Thanks well, for uh, TV. Plus, it was a guaranteed paycheck, right? Yes, it was. Yes, it was. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> Which was nice. And just as you came on, I was explaining to Fred mm-hmm. that the Golf Channel uh, got absorbed by NBC, and they moved yeah. that they moved that facility not twenty minutes from your house, but an hour flight to Connecticut. And did you opt out of it at that point? No, no, uh, I never got the option. My they were scaling down. My contract was ending coinciding with that move. So they just said, we can't resign you. Uh, All right. So it was, it was, yeah, it wasn't a firing per se. It was just a not rehiring, I guess, but they, they had to scale back 
quite a bit. Most of the staff uh, on air people are either, you know, the really dug in ones like uh, Brandel Chambly, he's not going anywhere. And then the ones that's contract were still existing and they, and they really did cut back a lot, especially the in-studio um, stuff, which is what I was doing. But yeah, now moved on to PJ tour, um, you know, the ESPN plus PJ tour live. I'm sure you guys have that. Yeah. I've heard you on it. Yeah. You're and, great. Uh, yeah. I, I do that 10, 11 times a year. And it's, that is, that is so much fun. And again, it's so easy and, um, you know, it's long hours, but so what? We're talking about golf. We're not mining coal. No, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. um, so speaking of that, I guess you're not on the, like I was looking at some of the different channels today as the Masters uh, coverage begins. Um, so you're not doing that, but just give us, before we let you go, and I really appreciate you doing this. So just give us a little perspective on, you know, what people might watch this weekend. And of course, you know, I'm going to ask about Tiger and, and I, I, I don't, my, my opinion is he'd be a good bet to, you know, we have a a sponsor, Bodog. I said to Freddie, I said, you know, a good bet might be if Tiger makes the cut, your thoughts on that. There's, there's nothing would surprise me really. I mean, I guess if he won, I might be a little bit surprised, but but go back to like, you know, Phil Mickelson winning a PGA a couple of years back. He, that came out of nowhere. He wasn't as hurt like Tiger, but he was playing like hot garbage. And just because he is Phil Mickelson and he is Tiger Woods, if he catches light in a bottle and something clicks, no problem. He could win this thing uh, uh, on a course like this. But uh, I, I find it kind of highly unlikely. I don't think he misses the cut either. He probably has the, a nice, respectable 30th place finish okay. if, if i were betting but i'm telling you that the, the uh, my days of saying tiger's done are over I, he's proven me wrong multiple times and and i'm just not going to say yeah he can't do it because he can do almost anything we've been seeing it for too many years and when you say a course like this we were talking about it earlier before you came on there's fenway park wrigley field madison mm-hmm. square garden when you walk onto that course now you didn't play in the masters but i'm sure yeah. you've played at yeah. augusta what's it is there just a whole different aura, a whole different feel when you walk onto that golf course? Because, again, I'm a casual golf fan, but I would just love – I just love to go and see that course and walk that course just from the historic standpoint. There is a, a museum-type aspect, you know, inside mm-hmm. the clubhouse. There's some of – you know, the, the club that Gene Sarazen made a double eagle with on the 15th hole and that kind of stuff. Um, there's an uncomfortableness to it. Uh, mm. first first when you get there meaning am i supposed to be standing here is my <laughs> is my hair okay are they gonna kick me out because i've got like my back pockets untucked and i don't realize it um am i should i be standing on this grass or on this patio i don't know and that's the kind of thing you feel like they're watching you at all times you I, you check your phone in your pocket 300 times like okay it's there but it's off it's off don't, <laughs> God sakes, don't let that thing ring while we're while we're out here in augusta you know they'll they'll run us out um, so there is a little bit of that, but after you get past it, it it's, it's, there's nowhere like it. It's just yeah. such, so beautiful. It's so green. I don't think you can invent that color or that shade of green and yeah. put it anywhere else. It's just a unique place. Yeah. You know, I, I thought of uh, you when, when I was uh, thinking about the show today and I thought, I want to ask this. I'm not sure if I've ever asked you this question, but there's a lot of golfers in Canada. Uh, mm-hmm. Our city courses a couple days ago just opened up. We're about to have a stretch of weather here, Freddie, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you know, 15, 18, 21, 22. So, you know, in, in the mid 70s, it's going to be beautiful golf weather here. So a lot of golfers are coming out of hibernation. 
And what I wanted to know, just quickly before you go, because a lot of hockey players that play like rec league hockey think, man, you know, I'm pretty good. I'm just a step away from the pros. Or if I, if I could have had a break or two, I could have played pro. What don't the casual golfers understand about how good these guys that we're watching on TV, TV really are? Mm-hmm. Well, it, there's, there's the debate always. Like, it, it, it always happens with the U.S. Open because the U.S. Open is typically the hardest golf course, the hardest setup what would a scratch player shoot in that situation? And, uh, you know, what they don't understand is one, sure. The golf course is extraordinarily hard uh, and, and it's so penalizing, but what they don't get is there's gallery staring at you. There's TV on you at all times. Mm. Uh, um, there's tournament pressure. There's the best players in the world at the same golf course, playing the same, trying to take away from you that trophy. So, um, that is, you can't put a number on that. Mm-hmm. Those guys, a normal scratch player would throw up on the first tee of a, of a big <laughs> That's event. Right. And they wouldn't be able to, they, they probably would miss their tee time because they were in the, in the bathroom stall somewhere, you know, having a, a problem with their stomach. So that, that's, that's something, not just the difficulty and the length of the golf course, right. but you just don't understand what it's like. Uh, um, it's so if I told you, you know, walk across this two by four plank on the ground, fine you can do it if i raised it 100 feet in the air you're no, i'm not even going to try and yeah. that's the big difference it's the same plank but yeah that pressure is just something that people don't understand well and again it's we've often said this you know hitting a baseball is hard but golf is the hardest game to play uh, as far as i'm concerned not that i play it a lot and there's nowhere to hide yeah. like you know it's not a team it's just you there and all the things you just described I don't know how guys do it, but they do it. It's a spe- it's a special breed, isn't it? The uh, it, it is the sport that that the the position in sports that to me there's two positions that always remind me a little bit of what it's like to be a professional golfer. One is the field goal kicker, and the other yeah. is the, and the other is the pitcher, because yeah. those two positions in a team sport are the mm-hmm. ones initiating the activity. There's no and there's no place to hide. If you're the if you're the yeah. guy coming in to win the game in, in the NFL, it's just you in this moment. And I think that feeling is what golfers have all the time at the professional level. It's just you. And if you're a Scotty Scheffler and you go out and you're supposed to win the tournament or whatever, and you have yeah. a bad couple of holes, you can't call in anyone. It's just you again. That's true. Yeah. Full. You're, you're pretty much naked out there. You can't run and hide. You can't quit. You just, if you're playing bad and it's, it's, you know, getting the best of you, that's it. And that's, you know, there's nothing you can do. Like you said, nowhere to run and hide. I, 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 uh, in the 2000 U S open where the greatest golf of all time was played tiger, you know, one by 15 at Pebble beach, I made the cut and finished last by seven. on the weekend nice by 41 shots but i was playing good and then all of a sudden on the weekend my game left and it was just all i could do is laugh okay wait a second for perspective you shot a a professional golfer who could win on the pga tour shot 84 84 that would be like austin matthews coming out for the third period and not remembering how to skate Mm -hmm. it just doesn't (laughs) happen in other sports nope um Scotty Sheffley and uh, Rory McIlroy are the favorites for the Masters. Yeah. Who's your pick? You know, I saw the bet. So you could take Rom, Scheffler, and McIlroy or the field. So it was like, it was, I think it was an even bet, those three versus the field. Mm-hmm. Um, I still think I've got a 
part of me that thinks Jordan Spieth loves this place and he's been playing very nice golf, uh, that he's around, you know, somewhere in the mix on Sunday. But I, my heart wants Rory McIlroy. If he, yeah, me if he too. wins, if he wins, he's the best European player of all time. It's the career grand slam. Uh, you know, Seve and Faldo would have to step aside and say, yeah, he's better than we were. I, you know, even though Seve's not with us anymore, but uh, yeah, I think history would show that the, the career grand slam makes him the best European player of all time. Mm. I want to get back to you shooting 84 um, <laughs> because it, because it reminded me of something Roger uh, what's his say he just retired Roger Maltby yeah. said he said he, he said two things that made me think of he said golf's a great and golf's an easy sport until you care and that's right. true yes and he said if you want to be a professional golfer and I would say if you want to be a tournament player you have to be comfortable with a certain amount of humiliation Mm-hmm. Because there, you know, then hockey players don't have games where they shoot eighty four. They have games where they fuck up and they maybe, uh, yeah. it, you know, that would be like tipping a goal in on your own goal. Yeah, but that would be like doing <laughs> doing it two games oh. in a row for for yes yeah, six hours a day out there. Mm-hmm. That's right. Although, for the players, entire the- game is just you tipping goals into your own net. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, um, there's a YouTube. Uh, uh, God, what's the song? Uh, where the, the the field goal kicker keeps hitting the right upright and kicks out, and he just continually keeps hitting that same right upright. It's like the worst nightmare of all time, and everybody's there in the stadium That's watching right. him do it. Although the way I look at it, over four rounds, you only shot, you only swung the club forty one more times than Tiger. I would right. take that. I take yeah, that. That's pretty good golf. <laughs> you know, that's pretty so, good golf. I'm a little more proud of it now because I think, like, when Secretariat won the Belmont by 20, how many ever links? Right. Some horse finished last. But that horse was still there for That's that right. moment in the greatest run ever happened. You're that, That's right. You're that plucky horse that finished last. That a boy. <laughs> that went to the glue factory immediately. <laughs> you know, this, this next thing I'm going to tell you has been said many times since. But the first person that ever said this to me was Robert Dameron. We were playing golf, and I was uh, freaking out. I was getting pissed off, and I was slamming my clubs. And he sort of put his arm around me halfway through the round. He said, you know, Humble? He says, you're pretty good. You're just not good enough to get this mad. <laughs> and that was you. And you oh, were was right. It? You were yeah. right. Uh, Robert Dameron, looking for, uh, I look forward to having Robert back on uh, Swing Thoughts in the next couple weeks. Check this out. Yesterday, while I was DMing you, uh, our guest on Swing Thoughts was David Ledbetter. Nice. Dude, he was one great. Of the best. Yeah, one of the absolute best. And we're looking forward to your return. I'll let everyone know when that is. Robert Dameron, thanks, my friend. Thank you, guys. There you go. Thanks, a little Robert. master's preview from... Uh, I told you he'd be great. You know, we should get him on our show more because he's just a funny guy. And uh, and by the way, he would know about coal mining in Kentucky because I think that's what his family did. Um, you can let your, you can let yourself out, so I'm not talking about you now, right in front of you. You got it. All right, buddy. So every day for many many years at the course that Robert grew up on, uh, Bay Hill in Orlando, which is uh, a tour stop, the uh, Arnold Palmer Invitational, but it was also the golf course that Arnold Palmer bought many many years ago. And every day there was about forty or fifty guys, lots of them from the PGA Tour. 
and the odd guy like me that was there. And I was go. I I went a few times a year to go visit my buddy Kevin, who played out of Bay Hill, and that's how I met Robert. And so he said, I was a scratch at the time, and he said, uh, Hey, we're going to play in this shootout. And I'm like, What? He goes, Yeah, everyone throws in some money, and um, we play in teams. Now I never got to play with Arnold Palmer, but for four or five days in a row. I got to play in this little event with all these different mm. guys. And every day, he would be the first guy to tee off. And so I would walk over from the range, and a few guys did this, guys like me that were sort of like enamored with the whole thing. Um, and I could name a bunch of the tour players at the time that were playing in it. There, was just, there were lots of famous golfers, but I would kind of sneak over to the first tee just so I could watch Palmer tee off every day. And so I'd done this a couple of times, and at the end of the round, everyone meets in this room, and you know they give out the money. So I was there for four or five days, and uh, I've told this part of the story, that I got the nerve up on the last day I was there. I asked Robert and my friend Kevin, I said, would it be okay if I did this? They said, yeah, yeah, you won't mind. So I went over to the table where Mr. Palmer was, and I got the scorecard from my score that day, and I said, Mr. Palmer, my name's Howard Glasman from Canada. I said, would you sign this card for my dad? And he said, yeah, absolutely. And he took his pen, and he signed, what's your father's name? And Signed it to Lou Glassman, and I told him my father was really into golf and I loved him as a golfer, and, and that was one of only two autographs I've ever asked for. And he couldn't have been nicer, and uh, yeah, it was quite a thrill for a, a golf nerd like me. Was the other one Muhammad Ali? Yep. See, I know, I know you. I know all about you. Yeah. Yeah, Ali was the other one I asked for. Mm-hmm. Now, somewhere, I have that card, because I gave it to my father, obviously, and then he, you know, he's dead now. So I took it back. So I have it somewhere in my, uh, somewhere in my many boxes downstairs. Have you, you ever- didn't bury it with him? <laughs> yes. Because often people do that when they bury someone or even have them cremated. They put, you know, little keepsakes with them. Sure. Um, what about you? What? Have you ever asked anyone for an autograph? <sighs> you know, it was tough for me because as a sports reporter... Sports reporter, you didn't do that, right? It was offside. Uh, a couple of times I had Danny with me, and then I would send him for the autograph. But nothing that really stands out, hmm. to be honest. Is there somebody? You know, when I was at uh, when I was in as a program director, uh, Bobby Orr came in one day, and I sort of regretted not getting his autograph then. But, of course, at that time, we didn't realize he was a big, dumb Trumper. But anyway. Yeah, like, I guess a better question might be, you know, so those two people, Ali and Arnold Palmer, Mm -hmm. uh, especially as a kid, Arnold Palmer was my favorite golfer. But uh, I can't really think other than Orr, and even now that he's a big, dumb Trumper, I'd probably still want to interview him. But I can't really think of anyone else I would have asked or could have thought to ask for their autograph. Is there, is there somebody that you beside or that story with you think, Oh, I, when I was a kid, I would have liked to have this guy's autograph. That's a good question. You know, I should be able to just come up with something just like that. But I, uh, no, like honestly, uh, Howard off the top. No. Um, maybe outside of sports, like, Okay, I, 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 even that, I, even I was saying like, there's like, you were, I know one, I know one, mm. I got it. I absolutely know this. I know Who, you. What? You Where, would get, why? You, you would get Paul McCartney's autograph. 
Oh, right. But yeah. see, that doesn't even come to my mind because it's just how would you ever be in a position to get that? But so uh, outside, yes, yes, outside of sports, yes. for sure. Um, mm-hmm. Without a doubt. But even outside of sports, like I can't think of somebody. Maybe, yeah, maybe McCartney. For sure, I would like to get his autograph or ask mm-hmm. him for his autograph. Um, we've got a bunch of stuff to get through. So uh, we'll have our uh, we're doing something new. We've mentioned it that we're going to do all our emails on, on, a, on a very short Friday show. But on this Thursday show, we've picked out what we'll call the humble and Fred email of the day. Uh, we don't have any uh, production around that, but Fred's got one. I've got one that we will mention on this show just to recognize uh, some of the nice people that have. You know, uh, and by the way, I just remember too, I haven't organized any of those emails, so we're going to need a couple minutes when we're done. On the meantime, let's talk about these fine folks. Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business. Go to chamberplan.ca, get a free quote today. Dental, medical, therapies, mental health component, HR uh, component. Like, yeah, an HR uh, department uh, for your small business. So you can tap into that once you become a member. And becoming a member is really doable for a small business. Again, all these small businesses get together and they have the image of a big company. So they can go and purchase these insurances at a reasonable price, and they've done a great job of holding the line on premiums over the past several years, even through COVID. And uh, again, I mentioned the mental health component. Now they added that through COVID because so many people struggled with that. Just an indication of how they're sort of progressive and stay on top of it. Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan. Go to chamberplan.ca. If you've got an idea for a small business or side hustle, you know what I'm going to say. Go to GoDaddy. Maybe it's a brilliant idea. You've been dreaming about something you've been sitting on. Maybe it's an online store. And you want to get expert help. You want free and friendly 24-7 phone support. Remember the phone? People used to talk on it all the time. That's right, with words and things. Well, GoDaddy will help you every step of the way. You can find your domain and create your website for free today with GoDaddy. That's for free. No credit card is even required. These people have been uh, helping small business and entrepreneurs, these people being GoDaddy, for over 25 years and servicing over 20 million customers worldwide. And once again, you can start your website today for free. Visit GoDaddy.ca to learn more. Uh, Dan Duran's news still to come. Uh, visit from Boone in a second or two. But uh, first, uh, I'm pretty sure I sent you uh, an email for you. Mm-hmm. But first... Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Uh, rather than go Hi through guys. all of them, which we'll do on the Email Friday show or whatever we're going to call that... Uh, first, let's uh, just quickly acknowledge uh, a couple of fine people that emailed us this week. Hi, guys. Uh, this is from Mark Mazzucati, I would believe uh, you would pronounce his name that way. He says, this is OG Hundy P. Mark uh, Mazzucati from Kitchener. My heart rate is 48 <laughs> BPM. <laughs> And I am up six pounds. Ooh, a bit doughy there, eh, Mark? Uh, I am not looking uh, for you to read this on the air, but had this idea for a Father's Day theme show. It could include audio clips of your kids wishing you a happy Father's Day. I know Humble's girls are hilarious, but 
Armel and Danny as well. We know Colton is creative and would like to hear more. Just an idea. I enjoy your family segments. Just thought this might be cool. Interesting that as a 57-year-old guy, I can't remember things at work or people at the office's names, but I can rattle off the names of all your children. Well, isn't that sweet? Thanks for all the great content. Stay well, Mark. I thought that was a great email. And Mark didn't. Mm. He said, I'm not necessarily sending this to you guys for on air, but I thought it was a nice sentiment. It was. And uh, I would answer this by saying Mel and Dan are funny. I find Danny very funny. Mm -hmm. I haven't spent as much time with Mel, but I've spent a lot of time with Danny. It makes me laugh. Yes. And it would, I think that is an interesting idea. If we rem- Here's the thing about us. We're, all, we're older than Mark, so we would have to remember this. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Like somebody would mm-hmm. have to read it. We would have to write this down <laughs> and remember. We'll give that- it to our producer and he'll remind us. Mm-hmm. And it would be simple to do. We'll just get the audio from the girls and Danny and Mel and Colton. And- yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that'd be great why not like anything else right you give it a shot see what happens okay um Hi this guys. is my email that i picked Hi out guys. it's very simple it's from our friend dave little and it's uh he sent a cartoon and i thought oh no how can i describe this but it's i think it's really funny it's a really funny cartoon, and it ties in with what we've been saying this morning about the, you know, the, the Christ on the cross rendering and how, you know, that can be, you know, frightening. If you, you don't know, if it's out of context, yeah. it's just some half-naked guy, you know, being tacked mm-hmm. up on some wood. Mm-hmm. So Dave sends, he sends this note, he says, a uh, little Easter humor. And so it's a, a cartoon of Christ on the cross and two aliens have just landed. Their aliens craft is in the back and they're the aliens with the big eyes and the large head. (laughs) uh, The two aliens are looking up at the cross and they say, you know what we need to do? We need to get the fuck out of here. That's what we need to do. (laughs) And I just thought that was funny. That is funny. (laughs) I just thought that's great. These aliens come to earth. They see this on the cross. They're like, we got to get the fuck out of here before they do that to us. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. No, absolutely. I don't know if you see what I'm saying. No, it's bad. Yeah. He's right into the theme from the beginning of the show. I see exactly what you're saying. How do I prove it to you that I see what you're saying? I don't know. I don't think you see. Okay. Anyway. um, So that was nice. It was very nice. And again, tomorrow, yes. um, I know you're a subscriber. Daily, you look for Humble and Fred content. There will be a separate segment on the Friday of us reading all the emails we've accumulated from the week. Because we have to acknowledge them. We get so many. The yeah. feedback from the people that listen to this podcast is uh, quite uh, impressive. It can be overwhelming at times. Yes, it can. <laughs> it's a bit much. Hey, Dan, are you going to do the news? I don't know where Dan's gone. Whenever I, because uh, I'm in the studio and he's a floor above me in the kitchen, he always makes me laugh. He goes, is that the uh, house uh, intercom system? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Daniel. Daniel, my brother, you're much older than me. Dan Duran. 
Hey, there you are. Oh, another th- thing I was thinking about, Fred, this morning, too. You know, yes. I had uh, dinner at uh, Fred's condo in San Miguel and Delise and Laverne. You know, the one with the nice tan. Delise and Laverne made dinner that night, and it was just excellent. You know, everything was great, and there was a lot of food. And, and you've told me that Dahl, not so much that night, although there were many, many things to eat. But you've told me in the past that Dahl likes to make like a lot of different things. Yes. And sometimes it's like, you know, like, you know, normal nights, you know, I'm making dinner with Dan. We'd have like, uh, what did we have the other night, Dan? We had chicken, we had potatoes, and we had spinach. Yeah. Pretty Delicious. normal. Yeah, thank you. Very sort of a normal amount of food. But I had dinner at Randy's last night, ex-wife Randy, for uh, Passover night one. Mm-hmm. And good news, the angel of death passed over the apartment because we were... Oh, you know, excellent. Oh, yeah, fantastic. fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She had some blood on the door. Is that part of it, too? Ketchup. We use ketchup this year. Oh, ketchup. Mm-hmm. Good, right. Yeah. Heinz? Uh, I think so. So here's how do, you know, how do you know when they went over? Like, one, of those well, infrared, po- one of those infrared pointers or something came through the window or what? Well, I know he passed over our place because none of us were killed by the angel of death. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Silly bastard. Um, and my kids, to that note there, my kids were making fun of me. God, it makes me laugh. The two of them really go after me sometimes. I think I've said this before. I always know I'm in trouble when one of them says something like, oh, is that right, Howard? <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> mm-hmm. Here we go. Here we go. And the two of them just, came, like I, I've said this before too, the, it's like being attacked by piranha that you trained. They just, <laughs> just start going after Dada. And I get, at some point, I'm just like holding my hands up. Uh, but here's what Randy served last night. Salad, fried matzah, beets, cabbage rolls, chicken, potatoes and broccoli mm. it was all excellent really really good but at some point it was just like how many more dishes are coming out here i was full after the first three or four of those things after the cabbage rolls and my 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 um girl's uh, grandmother and barb even know barb she mm-hmm. makes this uh she was there she's like doing great 84 85 she makes fried matzah and it was great but uh, man, that's a lot of food. Like Kevin, I did she make it. the cabbage rolls from scratch? Randy did, yes. Wow. Yeah, really, really good. They were, were they big? Usually, they're pretty big. They were pretty good. Every, yeah. By that time, I was full, and then the chicken yeah. came out, and then the potatoes. How was came the out. chicken prepared? In what in what form? Like uh, in the oven with with heat. Like oh, okay, like baked <laughs> like baked baked chicken pieces. <laughs> yes, okay. baked chicken in a nice sauce. It was all great. And it all fell within the um, religious religious um, guidelines for that event. Uh, you mean was it kosher for Pesach? Well, whatever it has. Yeah, don't, I guess so. Okay, You're right. Uh, well, yeah, I guess there was no bread. Um, you know, of course, and I, no one wants to hear my stupid theories about the Jews. But you know, I was shut down a couple times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I, I tried to bring up that idea. Like, oh, just someone explain to me why you know we were. We were released from bondage in Egypt or whatever, and but no one thought to make some bread in, ahead of time. No one wants to hear that shit. <laughs> no, I, I like that stuff. No, and my kids find that's but, when my kids started making fun of me. It's, oh, we've heard it all before. Shut up. And, and was this one of those uh, Jewish events where you all hold hands and go humana, 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 humana? Yeah, actually, we did. Before <laughs> the, oh, I know. When what did you what? call? What did you call the candle? The Labrador. 
<laughs> the Isadora. The Isadora. Yeah, no, we didn't do it. Hey, you don't take offense to me having some fun with your religion, because I'm taking liberties sometimes. Well, listen, I don't take any offense at all. I think it's hilarious. I wish I'd remembered that you called it the Isadora, because that fucking made me laugh. <laughs> no, but is it the thing where last night where you no. have readings or something? Yes, and well, you chant, you I, put chant? The, I put the kibosh on that. Oh, okay. Because Randy puts out the, uh, the little um, pamphlets, and some families... Like, there were Jewish families last night. And I was invited to one tonight, but I'm not going because of the masters. But uh, where they will literally take like an hour to do all these readings about, you know, the history of the story of Passover. And mm-hmm. when I saw Spencer handing out the pamphlets, the books, they're called the Haggadah. Haggadah. There's another one. I always say the same joke. Is it Haggadahs? Are we having Haggadahs? No. Me the Haggadahs. No one likes that joke. I'll have the chocolate. That's right. I'll have the chocolate Haggadahs. <laughs> so Spencer was was putting it on the table, and I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm like, I didn't buy into I'm not part of this. And then they all got mad at me. Because they wanted so a, a, full, a full-on traditional Seder. How long would that normally be? 45 minutes to an hour. Including the meal? No. So the meal is on top of that. After that, you sit around and there's all this ceremonial stuff that people do. They have these blessings on the wine, the blessings on this and that. They tell the story of the Jews exodus from Egypt. It's all quite. I mean, if you've seen the Ten Commandments, that's what that was. So every night around that uh, Passover on these seders, that's what they do. They it's the retelling of this story. But I'm not having any of it. I just want to get right to the food. We'll be eating later because we got to stop for Seder. Is this the type of thing? That's right. Hey, Dan, speaking of which, now again, you are a deeply, well, deeply, you are a religious man on some level. What does this, what does this holiday mean to you? You know, it doesn't mean a lot to me. I mean, in the Christian world, it means a lot to everyone, but I, you know, I'm, I wouldn't. You know, a lot of the stuff that I, we've talked about this on the show before about, you know, I'm not so into every single little thing in about the Bible. I'm a more of a bigger. I think there's something out there. I don't think that they've nailed it with Christianity. I don't understand the whole, you know, if, if you're an omnipotent God and you bring down a, you know, to save humanity from their sins, you're going to send down your only begotten son to die and then raise him again to forgive. We're in the, you're an nice. infinite God. Why do you even have to do <laughs> right. any of that stuff? Nice, nice guy. Nice, guy. Yeah, nice, nice, nice one, God. You know, yeah. Like, how did, how did God have that conversation with Jesus? Okay, here's what we're going to do. Uh, to show, to uh, absolve the world from their sins, we're going to send you down to earth. Jesus goes, hey, that's a great idea. Uh, you're going to live for about 33 years. Okay, I'm with you so far. And then around age 33, we're going to tack you up on a cross. He's like, what the fuck? What? <laughs> what, yeah. what? Those, spikes, those spikes won't hurt. See, yeah. where Dan's concerned, as uh, far as religion goes, this is what Dan thinks. Jesus is just all right with Dan. <laughs> I used to love this song when I was a kid. Do you know this song? I love this song. Yeah. Doobie Brothers, boom, 97, three. Shit. Yes. Yeah. I've heard that song for a when while. When do they do the Jesus is just all right part? Nailed it. See, if they play this stuff in church, I might go. <laughs> They've tried. There, there's yeah. a there's a big rock and roll uh, kind of deal going on. All right. Huge music scene in the churches. Yeah. 
Um, okay. By the way, the other day I'm driving out to Kitchener to see my mother-in-law with Delise, and we're listening to 97.3 Boom, because Dahl doesn't have a satellite in her car. We had her car. And this um, woman, I guess this broken hair woman from Scarborough, um, requested, it was the all request noon or something, mm. cashmere by Led Zeppelin. Oh, yeah. Like, I, what, I, I don't get it. Do you mean the re- retirement Sherpa theme? Yeah. Yeah, uh, um, yeah. Like, this part's okay for a theme, but. Oh, yeah. And you then I'm just thinking, thing. how long does this song go on? Too and will long. he stop screeching at me? But anyway, that's just a personal thing. By the way, have you done the retirement Sherpa yet? No, I'm about to. Might, might be a good time for it. Well, this is, uh, you know, the retirement Sherpa. Tim is a uh, portfolio manager. Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund. Uh, yesterday he was on talking about setting and identifying your financial goals. Just more excellent advice from Tim. You know, when you have uh, a plan, you have to set a goal with that plan, and that's what it's all about. And if you're in that situation and you need someone's guidance, it's Tim Niblett. He's the guy. Again, it's Tim, licensed on both sides of the border. He's helped many Humble and Fred listeners. In fact, a reference yesterday to a, a young couple, Humble and Fred listeners, who are now, you know, within his guidance. Retirement Sherpa, retirementsherpa.ca. Okay, let's uh, switch, because, you know... So That's funny. a long song, though, isn't it? It, is. it goes on for a long time. Nine minutes or nine oh, yeah. or ten minutes or something? Yeah. Um, yeah. Darren and I were talking about this uh, when we were in San Miguel. I uh, just went down one of those YouTube rabbit hole things, and I came across a, I think it was a Kennedy Center's honors clip of Hart, uh, Anna and Nancy Wilson of Hart, and this big yes. band doing uh-huh. Stairway to Heaven. Mm. Uh, I guess Led Zeppelin was being honored. And I, and I said to Darren, I said, I hadn't seen that. Uh, for a while I'd seen it once before it's pretty good mm-hmm. like of all the Led Zeppelin songs it was uh, that was probably my favorite because you could slow dance to it in high school oh right and rub your semi on uh, you know mm-hmm. whoever you were dancing with my favorite version of that song is the one that you did the big band oh with uh, our buddy in Calgary thank you yeah Greg Bush that's a long time ago. Yeah. Did a big band version we recorded in a little studio of that song. Wow. Do you have that? Somewhere. <clears throat> in storage somewhere, I think I do. What was the guy's name? Greg Bush. <laughs> Why do you want to know the guy's name? <laughs> push, push in the bush. Yeah, of Push, course. push in the bush. Remember that? Sure. You know, what makes me laugh, though, is yesterday I said to Fred after the show, I said, listen, if, you know, the Thursday show, if we're not doing emails, I said, you know, we could do like an hour, hour 15. And Fred's like, I don't, I don't think filling the time will be a problem. I just looked up. It's like nine o'clock. And he's yeah. fucking all right. Let's. Uh, and has has Dan done his new show? I, don't I think forget. so. No, Dan's not. Here we go. No. Here's to a fella named Dan Duran, a hell of a guy with a hella big one, the quintessential anchor man. His voice is nice and low. Oh. Dan Duran, the anchor man, comes as for credentials he has none. Can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. 
Dand around the anchorman's ear He's prone to falling off his chair But he's got a big wang so he don't care And his voice is nice and low My voice is nice and low And now live from the kitchen Of the Humble and Fred Studios On the Queensway in Toronto With news and views Here's Dan Duran. Forbes 2023 Richest People in the World list is out. And here, and with some interesting additions, uh, at the top of the billionaire list is uh, the fashion magnate Bernard Arnault, uh, $211 That's the the marker now. Uh, Elon Musk is at two. Bezos is at three. There are about 40 Canadian billionaires on that list. The top Canadian one is David Thompson. The Thompson family at uh, $54 billion. They're at number 22. Some mm. interesting new ads to that list are LeBron James. Jimmy Buffett. Jimmy Buffett is a, uh, a one billionaire. Yeah, no surprise. Yeah, that's and, a machine right there, boy. That yeah, is man. a machine. Think about that. No, think yep. about that. One song, and he turned that into a, a billion dollars. Smart man. Oh, yeah. Smart man. And also, Howard, you, you probably already know this, but Tiger Woods is in this year. A new ad at $1.2 billion. Yeah, I knew that. I knew he'd uh, cross the $1 billion Rubicon uh, a couple of years ago. Right. He's still the uh, highest paid golfer, not on course, but he's the uh, richest golfer every year based on his endorsements. Yeah, you'd guess that would be true. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I did check the list here for the, uh, the Weston family. Uh, but it's not there because uh, I know we were talking about this yesterday, and uh, oh Christ, and the uh, cost of Renee's. Uh, oh yeah, by the way, dressing. Oh shit, yes. we forgot all about this. I forgot. Thank <laughs> yes. you, Dan. Yeah, there's going to be this might be the longest show of the week because I forgot about something I said to Dan after the show. I said, okay, here's what we're going to do for Fred. Because no, that's very, not the first thing you said. The first thing you said, so your your uh, your heart dropped or something when when you knew that I brought that up with the Weston family. Oh, that's that, right. You know, so when the show was over yesterday, I said, just yeah, I said when you brought up the Weston thing, I just knew we were going to be in for uh, an extra ten or fifteen minutes. So we're in the kitchen yesterday, Dan and I, and I said, here's this will be fun for Fred because you were very concerned about the price of Renee's chunky blue cheese dressing. Yes. So what we have sourced for you is a way to make it yourself. <laughs> so really? it's very simple. It's one cup of crumbled blue cheese, one half cup sour cream, one half cup buttermilk. I'm going to send this to you. Two teaspoons white wine vinegar, salt and black pepper to taste. Now, you, you, I think you, because of your passion for this, I'm going to send this to you and you should make it. And then report back and say, is this as good? Because then you could start marketing Fred's blue cheese, chunky blue cheese dressing. Yes, or keep empty containers of Renee and put it in there and then serve it to guests like no. I actually bought it. Yeah, because that's what guests are looking for. <laughs> <laughs> hey, by the way, did you see that Lori Love sent us an article about price gouging? I did not I see did. that. Um, yeah, about um, price gouging by the supermarkets and the different systems they have and how they'll price stuff according to, like, location. We've talked about veterinarians are often like that. Like mm. in Forest Hill, what it would cost you for a vet procedure would be a lot less in Scarborough. Or, you know, they know who their clientele is, and often 
price to the clientele. You know, if you're in an area of affluent people, they don't, they're not really looking at the price so much. So you can keep bumping it up, right? Where another area where people are price conscious, you have to keep it low. And it's just another one of their methods to get money where they can. It's called business. But a very interesting article. I'll send it to you. I do that. I actually had an exchange with Lori Love yesterday that was uh, less serious. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, uh, she sent me a uh, this thing of Trump. I'm so indicted, and I just can't hide it. I don't know if you've seen it. It's pretty funny. I actually, Sandra Plagakis posted it to her social, and Lori copied it. And I said, right. so um, I said, how's Mr. Poopy Bum, her husband, my roommate in, in Mexico? And she mm-hmm. said, lull, back to normal with hard poos. He tells me about them, which makes me a very lucky gal. <laughs> <laughs> She's funny, man. Yeah, she is funny. Um, uh, Dan, is there any more news? Because we've got a whole other sh- fucking show to do after no, this. That's fine. I'm oh, done. Fuck. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. So I've sent Fred the blue cheese uh, dressing, and now nice. Yeah. Now I'm gonna uh, get the uh, Toronto fucking mic theme. Here we go. What up, Mike? Now, now, now. Toronto. Uh, here he is, everybody, the producer of this program, who's uh, just fresh off a three-hour interview with the kid that drops flyers off at his <laughs> at his house. A deep dive with the flyer guy. Quick, quick hits. Uh, Good Friday is the only stat day we have coming up. Uh, Sunday's not a stat day. How's your head, right. by the way? Wild headache. Like, I don't know. I have it at like a two or three. Yeah, I was going to ask you that. Like, uh, yeah. by the way, have you noticed that every, just about every correspondence, can you acknowledge that every correspondence almost I say, how's your brain? For the record, yes, I can confirm okay, that. Okay, because, true. you know, you paint me as an evil villain. Do I? But yet, I'm concerned about your head. And I was going to ask you that. If you're if a bad headache, when it first when it first happened... Mm-hmm. Let's say it was a seven eight. Yeah, yeah. What uh, you're so every day you're at a two two three. You're fine. Okay, so I went in the hospital with a seven eight, and then they gave me a couple of needles, and for three days I felt no pain. I thought, okay, this is how it's going to be forever. But then, like a, a a five six came on for a few weeks, and I was treating that with Tylenol, and I've noticed the last ten days. Two or three. It's at about a two or three. So it's definitely there, but I don't even treat it with Tylenol. I just kind of ignore it. Like okay, I just good. Like adapted to it. But that's got to be a little unsettling, living with that. Well, again, apparently it's going to be that way till the clot's gone, which will be maybe 12 months. So Really? Like, yeah. yeah. Clot. Blood clot. Blood clot. <laughs> but hey, clotting. It must have been the vaccine. It must oh, have been yes. the fucking vaccine. He's yeah. fucking got uh, it was the vaccine, vaccine clot. Yeah. Okay, speaking of the vaccine, so when Howard just moments ago said uh, he'd still have Bobby Orr on, even though he's a big, dumb Trumper, yes. uh, I was relieved because I was thinking, do I want to live in a world where you guys are excited to have Chris Sky back, but you would say no to Bobby fucking Orr? Oh, no. No, like, I would have both the of them back. No, no, we'd no. never say no to Bobby. No, I know. As a matter of fact, we'd come on and we'd sniff his butt like you oh, know, yeah. he was a god, and we wouldn't even mention the Trump <laughs> That's right. I, would, I might start to cry. I've mm. loved Bobby Orr since I was seven years old. We're very spineless. Why, yeah. Are we having Chris Sky on? No, 
uh, I listened to your show, believe it or not. And uh, Howard said, oh, I'd love to have him back on. This was a comment Howard made earlier in the week. Yeah, I would love to have him back on. Just well, I take he, notes. And yeah, I was thinking just, the first time he came on, he basically like screamed at yeah, us. Yeah, screamed at you and thought he owned you. Like, who the hell invites that guy back? Well, yeah, he's not. Yeah, guys he's like not. us, you know, he's provocative. Crazy. And, guys uh, like us. It's crazy. Um, all right, Boon Boon. So you, I, and I realized, too, that yeah. we didn't tell you that we made a call, uh, literally, to have a guest on Thursday. Not that that's going to have to be a thing, but we just thought it was appropriate. And uh, we would have a funny guy on to talk a little golf. And, Listen, uh, this is the humble and Fred show. I'm only a, a B, a B minus. Oh yeah, I see. Fred's I knew that would B-. stink. I knew that would. Stink. Remember who you said mentioned that when I when I phoned him yesterday to explain to him what we were doing. He brought that up almost immediately. That oh, Dan, Dan, yeah. Dan was an A minus. Dan's an A minus. I'm not. A, I'm a B. So I just just remember that's what he said. I ask about your head every time. Mm-hmm. Okay, every time. <laughs> Mike, did I ask about your head yesterday? Absolutely. Yes. No, there's been lots of uh, head chats. It's been great. It's been great. Yeah. Well, fact, yeah. The biggest headache I get is from all the questions about my head. Yeah. Well, he asked about your head after he called you a B minus uh, player in the. Uh, no, I did. Oh, yeah. You did. You called Dan him. Dan was an A minus. He was a B. Oh, a B. Yeah. And okay. uh, you guys, it's your show. If you guys want to have uh, any guest you want anytime, of course you reserve the right. This is the Humble and Fred show. I would uh, embrace it. And before I forget again, because I mentioned it with Robert, but uh, we recorded a show yesterday on Swing Thoughts, our first uh, episode of the new season. Mike, I'm going to send you the uh, details today because we want to release it on Fridays now. But um, it awesome. was a it was a big get for us, as we say in the business. And uh, one of the most famous guys I've ever spoken to in the world of golf will be our first guest of the new season. The guy's name is David Ledbetter. Uh, Booner, let's uh, wrap this thing up. What did you want to say? Okay, well, Ledbetter, that's a Pearl Jam song. I think. I, okay. It's funny you say that because as we were playing him off the show, I played Yellow Ledbetter by Pearl Jam. Of course, of course. Uh, Really quick things here. I know you're rushed for time, but uh, Mark Massacott, that's how you say the OG Hundy P's name, because he was a guest on one of the OG Hundy P episodes, not Massacotti. So. Okay. 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 All right. Uh, I stand corrected. <laughs> that's Shame my, on you, Frederick. I, I think you're at least a B-plus uh, contributor to this program. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, and speaking of contributors, so I just want to shout out Mohammed, who's an OG Hundy P. He's the second ever OG Hundy P to actually uh, knock on my side door and record down here in the basement. So that was last night. My, uh, Mohammed Mohammed dropped by, and we talked about Humble and Fred for 20 minutes. Nice. Yeah, great guy. And he takes notes on his phone, like first appearance of uh, Eileen, loudest laugh Fred has ever had. Like, he takes notes on his phone in real time. This guy is a super fan. Well, that's very cool, man. What was the loudest laugh Fred ever had? Well, you got it's a, a stand-up comic made a joke. You got to tune in because I can't remember the details, but it's going to be in the. Uh, must have been hilarious. Comment. It was it must hilarious. Have been fantastic. Okay. <laughs> and, because I know I know Howard wants to play me off here. So no, let me I just don't. Tell no, you no, listen. Take your time because we're at this point right, now where it doesn't matter. Well, we're at the we're at this. I literally said to him yesterday after the show. Well, you know we can only do an hour. That's fine. We're now at an and what hour. Did I say you said go fuck your hat. No, I, I wait said, for. The, I said, "Oh yeah, that'll be hard." No. <laughs> I wait for the Dandran news theme before I click the Zoom link. I'm available mm-hmm. earlier, but I wait for that. You know, You're very, very okay. nice. But you had some points yesterday. Olympian filmmaker and a very smart person, Phyllis Ellis, was your guest. Yes. Mm-hmm. And afterwards, I received this email. I will now read to you. You ready? Yes. You sitting down? Okay. Hi, Mike. Please thank. Howard and Fred for the interview this morning. 
Great questions, fertile conversation, and I really enjoyed it. Best, Phyllis Ellis. Well, there you go. You know, we're not all just fucking silly pricks. (laughs) (laughs) Who talk about, you know... Poop. <laughs> yeah. Although yeah. we did have a pretty decent discussion about poo habits a couple days ago, if you missed it. Right. Well, I think the the show she was on opened with, "What do you prefer, constipation or diarrhea?" I think was the first was that yesterday question of the day. Riveting. I believe so, Howard. Riveting. If memory serves me correctly, is that how yesterday's show began? Mike, Mike, I have a question. Or maybe it was the day before. (laughs) Ask me a question, then I'll tell you a thought I have about the perfume factory there. Mike, what do you prefer? (laughs) Okay, of the two (laughs) options, which are delightful, I would choose constipation because I could go about my day and do shit. Like if I the squirts, like how do I go for like a 90-minute bike ride if I have to sit on all day? Great point. Right, right, right. Great point. point. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. I gave it a lot of thought, so... Uh There's dis- dif- discomfort on both sides of that. Oh, there is. Well, one is more like you can actually go about and do things. I, I agree about it. And, and man, especially someone like you who yeah. <laughs> is uh, so active, you can't be and, and prone to chafing anyway. <laughs> but, Mike, I would think all that bike riding keeps you uh, regular because, you know, all that movement well, you can in s- that area. Yeah. Set your watch by me. I'm very regular. Because yeah. I notice sometimes when Delise and I go for long walks, about three quarters through the walk, I have to walk quickly because I have to get back to the to the uh, the house. The home base. You might want to see a doctor about that, yeah. Fred. I'm not sure. I, I noticed yesterday when I came upstairs after the show that Dan Duran was just coming down from a nice uh, sit down and uh, seems to be quite uh-huh. uh, happy about it. And mm-hmm. yeah, How close hey. are you two now? Like, do you know each other's odors now? Like, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to get into that. That's not fair, but you know, I sometimes have to use the Dan Duran Memorial bathroom and uh, you know, Mm-hmm. I've seen some things. <laughs> Shrapnel. <laughs> Guys, can I can I just read the the extro what? now? Because <laughs> perfume. Hey, my perfume he's been living here for six months. I'm not saying I haven't seen things. <laughs> anyway, um, okay. So mm. now that everyone knows, we're going to do a special Friday show. Um, it'll be uh, between five and 15 minutes long, and it'll just be uh, acknowledging the fine folks that email us every week. Wow, on a stat day and everything. On wow. a stat day, I know, it's crazy. Never thought I'd live to see the day. No, I know, it's weird. Uh, thanks to uh, Robert Dameron, guy's a beauty. And uh, thanks to, uh, I, I say B++, producer Toronto Mike, and all he does, Dan Duran. Hmm. Yes. What? Thank you for your service to oh. this uh, program. <laughs> mm-hmm. I hope I the thing froze up for a second. No. Yeah. I hope that uh, Jesus is just all right this weekend for you. Look forward to the weekend. And uh, will you be going to church this weekend, Dan? Probably not. I haven't gone for a while. But you know, it's a good music, uh, music, a good music weekend. If you like, a, you know, choral music and that kind of thing. Uh, yeah. Who doesn't? It's a good weekend for that. Yeah. Doesn't you? Yeah. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> love that choral music. Love People it. Love it. Yeah. A little pipe organ. Oh you know, yeah. Like, uh, oh yeah. That's the time that you know. It seems funny. chorus really works well. For I just the, thought uh, of something. You know, it's funny. The the right wing in the states has such a problem with men dressed up uh, in dresses reading to their kids, but they got no problem this fucking weekend. 
Guys dressed up in dresses with costumes and shit, reading to their children. Good point. Thank you. And they loved Mrs. Doefire. It was like their favorite movie. There you go. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. Just one last chance to insult Dan's religion. Uh, thank you. Uh, all right. See you, uh, everybody. This episode of Humble and Frank was brought to you by the Retirement <laughs> Super. <laughs> the Shapers Plan. Frank. Bodog. Aaron Ventures. EVNet.ca and GoDaddy. We read all our emails. We've had a Friday show now for it. Humble and Fred at HumbleandFredRadio.com. Liking, subscribing really helps us out by charging up the getting noticed algorithms and we like the uh, hearts and stars too because it makes us feel good for humble and fred i'm dan duran remember if you drop by fred's you'll wonder is this renee's or is it fred's in a renee's bottle the big weekend for gorge so enjoy every gore damn day we saw the lights turn low the jigsaw jazz in the get fresh flow pulling out jobs and jamboree handouts two turntables and a microphone bottles and cans just clap your hands or just clap your hands Where's that?